This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. The Jay Severin Show. Spooky. 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 I'm looking at video of Boiny, Toity Toy and Toyed. I'm looking at Boiny. And he's walking the walk, talking the talk with Barack Obama. And I'm saying, what's Boiny doing at the White House? What's going on here, really? Bernie's at the White House. Obama announces he's here so I can ask him to quit the race. He announces this before the meeting. And then after the meeting, Boyne shuffles out and says, I'm not quitting. It's all a kabuki dance, but what does it mean? Obama set up himself or was Bernie conned? What does it really mean? I can't promise you the definitive answer. I can promise you the definitive questions. Excelsior. Best and brightest, welcome back. I'm Jay Severin. Uh, would you like my number? Perhaps you'd call me sometime. one 888 one 888 Via Twitter, J-A-Y, then a little underscore doohickey. Just the doohickey. At J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. So, something is going on here, and I don't know the immediate answer, and that bugs me. Oh, you're bugging me, baby. You're bugging me now. It's bugging me. Look, you know and I know these things are all kabuki dances. You and I know that there is rarely a spontaneous, an authentically spontaneous moment (laughs) In it. I mean, these moments are as spontaneous as the you know, evening talk shows. I mean, I guess the idea is for Jimmy Fallon to make it look like, and you know he's the only late-night host whose name I can recall? And that's only because Obama uh, d- taped a number with him today, and it's going to be on, I think, tonight. It's past my bedtime, so I, 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 I don't know. But I, it's the only one I can name. I, I was was life better when Johnny Carson, when you needed to say just on Johnny last night, 
Or does that make me essentially a Bernie Sanders of radio that says, Oh, you kids, get off my lawn. In any case, you know, Jimmy Fallon is paid to make it look like he just goes out there and wings it. Whereas every split second is accounted for and prescripted. By the way, even the comics you love, like there's a guy that's come along now, recently. We see him via HBO. His name is John Oliver. Well, it's still cup season, so it's Olivier to me. It's uh, Jean Olivier. But John Oliver is as funny as funny gets when you're talking politics, along with me, of course, along with us. But even John Oliver, who is far, infinitely, profoundly funnier than uh, Johnny uh, Leibowitz, I'm sorry, uh, John Stewart, infinitely, profoundly funnier uh, than John Stewart has, I think, 39. I think John Stewart had 39 writers. And of course, the kabuki dance is they want you to think that every night that John Stewart, and I saw his show maybe three times. And I may be exaggerating that by two thirds. But I saw snips of it all the time because you clips, you can't avoid it, right? Because he was such a heroic cultural figure to the left. They couldn't help running him in the news every night. But that kabuki dance is that you're supposed to think that John is that funny naturally. Now, there is no doubt that he is a naturally funny guy. He He's one of the maybe, t- you know, top one one hundredth of one percent of of funny people walking around the face of the earth. There's no question. But there's also no question that he had 39 writers. Well, well there may be a question because I don't know the exact number. But but he 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 had. 39 writers and they report to work every day and their job is to make him funny. What percentage of the jokes that appear spontaneous is very high. The actual percentage of jokes that are spontaneous is very low. The apparent origin of the jokes appears to be John Stewart. The actual source of the jokes is the 39 writers, plus plus John Stewart. So maybe John's, maybe the hosts contribute one out of what? One out of 10 jokes? I mean, one out of five would be out, outrageously generous, but even John Oliver. Uh, John Oliver is makes John Stewart intellectually and funny IQ puny as far as I'm concerned. And John Oliver's got 39 writers. But the guy's, no question, he's brilliant. Anyway, it's all a kabuki dance, and I bring it back to the White House. This is one of the oddest things, unless I do understand it, and I'm about to tell you what I'm thinking, but I don't have any comfortable sense, as usually I do, that I'm right about this. 
And I, and I ought to be. If I don't know this, who knows this? If you can't go to me for this, who can you go to? Next step is a swami or a, a, a rabbi that went to Harvard Divinity. All right, so Obama, who doesn't break wind without choreography, has the White House announced this morning. I heard this on the BBC, 3 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, Barack Obama will meet with Bernie Sanders. Barack Obama has summoned, the BBC said summoned. Barack Obama has summoned to the White House Bernie Sanders. The purpose of the meeting is for the president to pressure, that's the word they used, pressure Bernie Sanders to quit the race and throw his support and that of his supporters behind Hillary Clinton. Even the BBC must be very careful at the juxtaposition of the word behind and Hillary Clinton. But that's what they said. So Barack Obama okayed the message. Go ahead, tell the world, I've summoned Bernie here to get him to quit the race. So the White House announces this. Bernie shows up. Bernie shuffles out after the meeting and says, I want to thank the president, but I ain't quitting. Andrea! I ain't quitting. And immediately, immediately, it's like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Obama, you're telling me Obama set this up and he set himself up? For embarrassment? So Obama tells the world, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm going to tell Bernie to get out. Bernie shows up. The world look at, look at, look at. Bernie shows up. Look at me, look at me. And Bernie shuffles out and says, I ain't quitting. And so, wait a second. Whoa, wait a second. There must be some explanation for this. Nobody certainly a president of the United States and President uh, Obama, most particularly, doesn't allow, let alone choreograph, looking bad. So what really happened here? What really happened here? Why really did Obama invite Sanders to the White House? And, 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 and didn't Bernie know about this three weeks ago? Yes. And so why did he ask him? Why did Bernie go? Why did they do this? Did anybody get conned? Good questions. Got more. Hopefully answers. Next. This is Jay Severin. Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. 
Welcome back, best and brightest. The first moment you heard that Bernie Sanders was summoned to the White House by Barack Obama and that you know you heard it because the White House announced the news, you, I hope, thought exactly what I thought when I first heard it, and that is, that's it, Bernie's out. Now, I'm not saying he's not out. I'm not saying he's not out. But the moment you hear the White House say, the president has invited Bernie Sanders here today to try to pressure him out of the race, nobody nobody ever has a meeting. Look, you know one of the truest sayings in the world that a good lawyer, a good prosecutor in particular, will never, ever ask a question in open court to which he or she does not in advance know the answer. Never, ever, and this is true in debate, never ask a question to which you do not in advance know the answer. Because a question is a tool to win an argument. Or it can be just a purely naive, in the most romantic intellectual sense, a tool by which we gain knowledge. We use them both ways. I do, you do. But when Obama invites you to the White House and announces it, that's so he can put a pelt on the wall. That's so he could say at the end of the day, I invited Sanders here, and I let it be known so that I'd get maximum exposure. So everyone's looking at me, looking at me, looking at me. And now Bernie's quit. He's quit. He's quit because I, I, I made him do it. But it didn't go that way. He invited him. He announced he invited him. He announced the supposed motive for the invitation, i.e., to get him out of the race. Bernie shows up. Bernie doesn't quit. Bernie comes out and stands on the White House lawn and says, I'm not going to, the president asked me to quit, I'm not going to. Do you think Obama staged that? Well, the answer is yes. Obama did stage that. And of course, and Bernie cooperated. Why? What happened? What's really going on? Because Obama would never, you you know this, I know this, Is the sun's going to come up. Obama would have kept that meeting secret. It would have been done through intermediaries. It would have, you know, it would have been, it was done a long time ago. You, you would never do anything public like this. Put your name on the line. Obama would put his prestige on the line and say, I'm having a meeting today. I want you all to pay attention to it. I'm going to ask somebody to do something. Everybody look at me. Oh, I failed. No. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Obama doesn't do that. Politicians don't do that. What is really happening? one 3393 I mean it when I say I'm relying on you to give me some ideas here so that by the end of the show, I can claim it's my idea. Come on. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. one 
1-888-900-3393. What do you know? What do you think? one 888 Here's all I've got for you so far. The Obama meeting, okay, school of thought number one. Uh, your honors, uh, mark this people's one, if you would. Number one, Sanders goes, Bernie goes to White House, does the little kabuki dance, comes out and says no. Yeah, as if to the president. He immediately follows up his meeting with Barack Obama by meeting with the head of the Democrat uh, Party, then Harry Reid, senior, you know, the minority leader of the Senate, Harry Reid. And again, these are very, very public meetings. I don't mean the press was invited into the meeting. I mean the press was advised as to the meetings. And so they had, uh, as you'll see, at uh, 5 o'clock or whenever you tune in television, you'll see all of the video of, of Bernie exiting the, entering and exiting the White House, entering and exiting the DNC, entering and exiting Harry Reid's office. Enter, it's almost like a porn. It's a political porno film. A lot of in and out. A lot of in and out. Entering and exiting, entering and exiting, entering and exiting, um, though without culmination. Uh, and finally... He meets in about half an hour with Vice President Ho Biden. That's the, it's the Spanish, uh, the Hispanic pronunciation. It's a J, so I say Ho instead of Joe. Ho Biden. And he's meeting with the Vice President and the President, and all of them say the same thing. Everyone with whom Bernie meets says, the purpose of my meeting with Bernie is to try to use my position to leverage Bernie out of the race. And then they step out of the office and say, I was unsuccessful. Bernie said no to me. Yeah, as if. As if. This this isn't happening, but it is. And so why is it happening? What, what's really happening? All right. Consistent with my rap just now, school of thought one is that the Democrats are shaming, they are love shaming Bernie. That's a trademark, Guru J, 2016. The Democrats are trying to love shame Bernie. The Democrats are trying to pour heap lather Bernie with so much love at the highest places, even though they know, Bernie knows, and we know that Bernie is a political dead man. The gesture they are making by having the president slather love all over Bernie, it is like a political, it's political porn. It's a political porn film. And by doing this, they are love-shaming Bernie, school of thought number one says. They're shaming him into all of these people saying, wow, you did such a great job. We're looking forward to working together now, unifying the party. And so they're just trying to, they've gotten the word on this guy that he can be bought with enough love. 
that the way to lubricate, sticking with the porn theme, the way to lubricate his exit from the race with the least muss and fuss is to shower him with love right now. That's school of thought number one. School of thought number two is a bit more comfortable for me as a pair of pajamas because it's more cynical. And that is they are conning Bernie. They are going to make these meetings look as if they're all going to, in a, in a day or so, they're all going to say, we've met with Bernie, we're going to unify the party. They're going to ignore the fact that Bernie said no. They're going to make it look like Bernie said yes. They're going to say, we've met with Bernie, we're all on the same page, let's move forward from here. That's school of thought number two. And in behalf of school of thought number two, I have some further evidence. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, best and brightest, my question for which I have asked your help. I've summoned you to the Blaze House at 1 888 900 3393. To ask, what in the ding dong heck is going on here when Obama, who doesn't fart without choreography, invites someone with the pre-announced declaration of the agenda. I'm inviting X to the White House in order to get him to do Z. And then knowing the guy's going to walk out and say, I ain't doing it. Since when does that happen? Uh, School of thought number one, the Democrats are trying to shower him with love. School of thought number two, They're trying to just make it look like Bernie has come, everything's okay, and that Bernie, you know, that they're co-opting him by having him. If I were advising Bernie, I would say, Bernie, if this is part of your last great fling, go. But you're being co-opted. They're going to make this look like you have come to make up and that everything's going to be okay. And to a lot of people, that is what it's going to look like. Now, my only uh, aforementioned evidence in support of uh, people's argument, too, that Bernie's getting conned, is that the same reason Obama endorsed Hillary today so enthusiastically. We'll get to that because we have partners on the phone. But Obama endorsed Hillary today. And in so doing, I think he's trying to strong, at least indirectly, No, not indirectly. F that. He's directly strong-arming the head of the FBI into not indicting Hillary. Because what he's saying now is to James Comey, FBI director, you want to indict Hillary? If you wondered what you were up against to begin with, which was pretty formidable, let me make it clear what you're up against. (laughs) If you indict Hillary, you're going against me the President of the United States, and I will hold a grudge forever. In fact, what Obama's saying to Comey is, you are finished in this town. 
if you indict Hillary as of my endorsement this afternoon. Because if you indict Hillary, you will be humiliating me, who has endorsed her, and as of next week is hitting the campaign trail with her. That's all I've got so far. Aaron in Boston, welcome. Hey, Jay, how's it going? I've been listening to you since uh, Extreme Games back in 2001. Uh, yeah. Long-time listener. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Uh, long-time listener. I think I have an idea what it might be. And uh, I want to say that now, I have no proof other than my intuition, but what the Democrats are doing is what Donald Trump has been doing successfully all this time through his campaign, and it's using the press to his favor and getting the coverage without putting commercials out, without putting money out. He's getting right. press Granted, granted. Keep- but in, 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 in pursuit of what message? In pursuit of a message, well, I think the message is going to change. You're going to see now from Bernie, his message is going to change, and, and he's going to just maybe throw some butterfly punches here and there at Hillary. But they're both going to go in tandem at Donald Trump. And while they're doing that, uh, I agree. Gonna, I agree. But what question, I want to know, what question are you here to answer? Why Barack Obama called him out. I, I think Barack Obama called right. him so, in. All right. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for understanding the question. Man, you put you in the 99th percentile. Thank you. All, all right. right. So you know why you're here. You know what question you're going to answer. And you've chosen to be to represent. Uh, Your Honor, I'm here representing the people who want to get into Obama's mind and say, if I were Barack Obama, here's why I invited Bernie. And again, the answer is... If you're Obama, you invited Bernie to the White House with a pre-declared agenda, which you knew would fail. Why? That, that, the fact that it failed is being talked up and down uh, in the media today. The fact that it failed... But everybody knows. But doesn't everybody, everybody know, Oren, that Obama knew in advance that... Guys like, you know, guys like you and, yes, guys like you and I do. But the, the, the general population doesn't doesn't observe the media like you and I. And to really okay. get that message out okay. to those people, to get that name going. Because, look, since Donald Trump has fallen off this campaign, or the campaign has ended, you don't see much news unless you have a protest at one of his rallies, so on and so forth. You don't really hear much from him. I think the Democrats... All right, so are, are, you insinuating, are you insinuating, as a part of your argument, that yeah. maybe this was done to curry favor... Or to and or to blunt the bitter disappointment of the Sanders supporters, so oh, that at least it, lo- it looks like Obama's at least reaching out, you know, and by extension Hillary is reaching out and 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 supplicating themselves and saying, please oh, rejoin the team. I'm sure behind closed doors, Bernie's already been given his offers. I think he already knows what he's going to get. I think they're going to go as far as they can get to the convention with this going forward. And, and I think it's all sealed and deal on, on their side, to tell you the truth. I, I think they're going not. forward to get the press coverage that Trump has been getting so successfully through his campaign and through his, you know, his loud and, and boisterous personality yep. that they could yep. just yep. never garner. Aaron, thank that's you it. so that's very much. Aaron uh, 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 is right. As, so far as I can appreciate things so far, uh, I couldn't agree more with Aaron. Uh, Sanders, all of this has already been played out. Sanders knows what he wants, and I think the White House knows what he wants. This is a poker game, but unlike a real poker game, 
I think both sides here know the cards each other is holding. And Bernie knows what he wants, and he knows he's going to get less than he wants, but if he plays this hard, he's going to get more than if he plays it soft. So Bernie is being the reluctant lover, making the White House and Hillary Clinton and all the other forces in the conventional Democrat Party woo him and chase him and send him candy and flowers and call him up and ask him for a date and all of that. And he's being as coy as possible in order to maximize his clout. Because let's face it, you and I know something that Bernie knows. And the people on the other side of the card table, i.e. Clinton, Obama, know this too. The day after Bernie Sanders is out of this campaign, what is the next time that you're going to hear Bernie Sanders' name? When is the next time you will see Bernie Sanders' visage on the TV? When's the next time you're going to hear about the existence of Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders is going to take a vacation and he's going to come back and he's going to sit in the back row of the Senate where he's been for 28 years. And he's going to forgive me, at least politically, there will he die. He will perish there. You will never again see or hear Bernie Sanders. And I hate to reduce our marvelous political system to an old World War I song, but how you gonna keep them down on the farm after they seen Perry? Right? How you gonna keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris? It is a sociological truism. And once these people have tasted international celebrity, Bernie knows that the next stop on this train, once he gets off this train, the next stop is Nowheresville. He's been to Nowheresville for 28 years. He's not eager to go back. That's why I think he's milking this out. Our in good thinking. Brian from Woo, Woo, Worcester, the big W. Welcome, the big Woo. Thanks, Chad. I've got a uh, theory for you. I think yes. uh, I think Bernie is out of the race, and I think um, if he went to the White House and came out wearing a Hillary pin and and you know <laughs> shouting praises for Hillary and everything, he's, he's looked at as an activist. So well, the, hey, he first of all, first of all, I can't give you a medal for courage on your first prediction because you happen to have stated a fact. So it doesn't take enormous courage, but I did no less is my appreciation. But what you stated, Bernie is, is, is out of the race. Bernie's out of the race. You're right. It's over. I mean, no, I mean, I think she he knows beat it him. too, though. I think, uh, he can know it or not know it. If he doesn't know it, he's an insane person. No, I mean, he's clinically insane if he doesn't know it. Because it's not like, it's not a surmise, it's not a conjecture, it's not speculative, it's, it's not saying, it's like saying water is wet. Bernie has lost. Hillary beat him. She beat him. It's over. I mean, he has nothing. He has no argument. The only thing he could possibly be waiting for is the outcome of the FBI primary. And Brian, the FBI primary, in my view, has been permanently canceled. I, I agree with you completely. I think uh, the Clinton machine is way too strong for this. Uh, but uh, And I think uh, Bernie knows that, too. And if, if he went into the White House and came out 
uh, singing praises for Hillary. I think a lot of his supporters would be like, well, where's the activist that we were supporting all this time? Yeah. I yeah. think, uh, I mean, I everyone think that has eventually that. he's going to get swayed over. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future Hillary actually adopts one of Sanders' ideas very loudly and publicly in order to sway more Bernie's supporters to to her to show that she can compromise with uh I think you're bang on there, both because it is politically smart for Hillary to do so. She wants to retain, attract and retain as many uh, Sanders supporters as possible. And the other reason is Bernie still holds, he doesn't hold the whip hand, but he still holds cards. He's like a guy in the game. And, you know, I, I go back to the poker metaphor. It's actually a pretty good one. I hit, hit one by mistake that's pretty good. And that is, you know, the guy that you know is sitting across from you, you know you've got winning cards. Right, Brian? But right. by staying in the game, this guy's staying in the game hoping that lightning comes through the building, you know, and hits you or you have a heart attack or, you know, somebody draws to a inside royal flush or something, you know, straight flush. I mean, he's staying in the game. And even though you know you're going to beat him, he costs you a couple thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars. If it's the World Series of Poker on every hand, just by staying in the nuisance factor you can't concentrate, you know, on the other players, and he's just costing you money and blood by staying in. Well, Bernie knows this, too. And as a as a political card player, Bernie knows right now that by staying in, and thank you, Brian, so much, good thinking. You know, like from, from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you keep thinking, Brian, that's what you're good at. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Willow Sunstar. There, there was a point during my uh, little girl's babyhood when every toy, every doll, everything that was a thing was named uh, Rainbow Sunshine Girl, which came out Rainbow Sunshine Girl. And so Willow Sunstar reminds me of that. And for that, thank you, Willow. Willow says, Willow Sunshine Go says, you know, what about Bernie as VP? And she's, she actually has an idea, not just a question. And she's talking about Bernie as VP. And naturally, uh, I would like to focus for a moment on my answer rather than Willow's question. And uh, that answer is, that would be it. That would be it. That would end the race tomorrow. It would end the, if If Bernie Sanders were named Hillary's running mate, it would end this race tomorrow. Done. Zip. 
Overski. Done. Closed. Dead. Over. But Hillary's ego will not permit it. And so before us we have the Shakespearean figure that is and has always been Hillary Rotten Clinton. If Hillary, I mean, the, one of the great, and when I say Shakespearean, if this ain't Shakespearean, Shakespeare ain't Shakespeare. 60. Okay? The most Shakespearean scenario imaginable would be that a woman who has fed at the teat of partisan politics slash criminality her entire life. Hillary Clinton has never met um, a moral obligation in her life. Hillary Clinton is more a mobster than a politician, but she's way more a politician than a public servant. But my point is Hillary Clinton would kill her children, her grandchildren, and you in order to be president of the United States. Many would argue she has done the moral equivalent already. But a woman who has known only politics her entire life and has answered only to the imperative of politics her entire life could do so right now. Name Hillary and put this thing away. But in the end, Shakespearean-like, she loses because she won't. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, what's really going on? Why did Bernie go to the White House today? Why did Obama announce in advance that his request of Bernie would be turned down to drop out of the race? Why did why did this kabuki dance happen? Why? I have got questions, maybe with your help, answers. Excelsior. <laughs> Best and brightest, welcome back today, Obama, and very, very enthusiastically, after inviting Bernie Sanders to the White House and being turned down, after announcing to the world, I heard it on BBC, 3 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time, Obama's going to invite, the White House says, Obama's going to invite Bernie Sanders to meet with Obama in the Oval Office, and Obama will ask him to drop out of the race. And then Bernie Sanders came to the White House and said no to the president. And this was all played out and announced. And you know that Obama knew in advance, everybody knew in advance what was going to happen here. What was the purpose of this? I think one of the purposes was to get Obama on board because as soon as Obama had his meeting with Sanders, he also announced that he announced his endorsement of Hillary. He released a video. You will see it tonight on television, no matter 
what you watch, you will see the Obama video. He enthusiastically endorses Hillary and also announces he can't wait to campaign with and for her very, very actively over the next several weeks and months. Now, I've got, I have a reason beyond the election, which we've already discussed months and months ago, why Obama has a vested interest here. But his immediate interest, I think, is to strong arm the FBI. He doesn't need to strong arm the Justice Department because he appointed the Attorney General, who is a faux, phony, suck-up, Mandarin, cheap facsimile of a real Attorney General who is a puppet of Obama's. And she's not going to do anything Obama doesn't want her to do. And since Obama is now officially on record endorsing Hillary Clinton and campaigning for her, here's something he doesn't want her to do. He doesn't want to be embarrassed by the Attorney General of the United States indicting the criminal Hillary Clinton since he has endorsed her because it would make him look bad. So anybody who was hoping for an FBI primary, forget it! Forget it! The Easter Bunny, the odds in London right now, you get better odds that the Easter Bunny actually appears and makes a statement than that the FBI does anything about Hillary Clinton. That's one theory. Let's go right to the phones because our senior managing partner is on the line. Rock A of the Cosmos. My friend Jay. Yeah, Rock. You, uh, you uh, are exactly on the trail, I believe, of what's going on there. I think Obama is sticking his finger on the scale of justice again. He did this before. Remember during uh, Obamacare, when the judge was deliberating, he was saying that they better decide, they better rule in my favor. He's not supposed to do that. And yeah, no, he's I never think, been shy about that. Yeah, and I think that, uh, and I felt this all the way since Benghazi, that uh, Hillary and him are both guilty. There's just too many things, and uh, they really hushed up. Remember, they don't play these stories. The press plays into this stuff. There was a story that they were watching all this happen from drones, and they wouldn't tell who was in the room, precisely all who was in the room. They cover mm-hmm. that kind of stuff up. And I think, did you did you know that the, uh, oh, what do they call it in law, both uh, Trump and Hillary's uh, decisions are for after the election, as far as like Trump's uh, Trump University thing and uh, Hillary's email scandal. Okay, I'm not, They're and I'm, I'm sorry. I would I would jump in and and try to be helpful, oh, but I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not getting after exactly the what the what what you're after here, but I you're right that they're trying to postpone them. Um, may I quickly, by the way, mention something I just yeah. learned today from my friend Mark Stein. Um, it, for everybody who believes that Trump University is a scam, and I leave, 
I leave people yeah. to decide that, you know, on their own. I'm not defending Trump University. I haven't. I won't. Uh, but if you think Trump University is a scam, and for those listening who believe it, it is, and that online universities are, you know, in general, but the Trump University may, may be among them, then it is morally and intellectually incumbent on you, if, if that's what you believe, to take note of this. Laureate University. Ever heard of it, Rock? Uh, no, I haven't. Me neither. Funny. Uh, Laureate University is an online faux school offering faux degrees and faux teachers in its role as a faux college online for which people, vets especially, uh, pay with their precious benefits uh, and also, you know, thereby sucking the taxpayers dry and leaving vets high and dry. All of that, again, again, and this is applicable to, to everybody, including, if you think so, Trump University. But Laureate right. University, I learned today, um, exists. And I also learned the name of the chancellor. I also learned the... Uh, uh, the uh, salary of the Chancellor Rock is $16 million a year. And Whoa. you may be acquainted with the name of the Chancellor of Laureate University. He happens to I'm be with- the first ever elected president of the United States of America to be impeached. Bill oh, Clinton. Bill. Holy smokes. <laughs> Hey, I think I drew my first explanation out too long and got too wide of a. No, no, on you're fine. What, you're fine. What, we'll have to, what, we're going to have to what, break uh, in a moment, but I, you know what? In fact, okay. uh, B, should we break now? All right, we'll keep going. But you'll, you, you got your time, Rock. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in, in short, I need to boil it down to a shorter explanation. I think that Hillary is guilty of sin on Benghazi and the emails. And all of that is being pushed back. And I think Obama's putting his finger on the scale by, by telling uh, Bernie to step out. And then, like you said, he did it. He knew what Bernie was going to say before he did that. He brought attention to it. All of this is trying to save Hillary from being prosecuted because I think he'll go down with her if we really find out everything that happened that night. I don't know if you'd go down with her, but I think you'd be damaged, probably. I agree with you. That's my suspicion. And if I could just add, I I agree with your observation that Obama is placing a digit on the scale. I think he is placing a different of his digits on the scale. (laughs) It just looks like a finger. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, It just looks like a pinky. Do you remember, I, I got a question for you. Do you remember when they were, uh, when the Benghazi thing first came out, that they actually showed video of, like, what they were calling the protesters? Uh, and they had, like, all of them had AK-47s and rocket-propelled grenades and all that stuff. That's like, yeah, that that's, was a mistake. That was a mistake they made, showing that. But, but, but did you notice that they didn't show it very long? It just no. disappeared. Why would that disappear? Uh, national security. Pe- they pulled Gosh, it. They, I, put a, they spiked it. And they used national security, it, which 
they ought to have as an option, but was yeah. certainly mal-used here. That's the problem is we don't have the checks and balances that we're supposed to have nope. here, you know? No. Nope. I mean, Rock, they're able you to see, get away with yet to see 13 hours? I have not. I'm really looking oh, forward man. to You're, it. Don't, do, do me a favor. Uh, you must wait at least 24 hours before calling me after you've seen that. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, it's, it's your gonna, eyes are going to bug out me. of your head. Oh man, I oh boy, I'm really looking. I am really looking forward to that. That's it just sunk in what we're talking about here. Yeah, you're gonna go wild. You're gonna go. I, I called did. her. I mean, I've called her Killery from the very beginning, and you know, the more this email thing goes on, and I used to be a system administrator on on you know networks, and I know what security is all about. And she's broken every single rule, absolutely every single rule. When you boot up a military computer, a lot of times it'll say use of this instrument uh, is uh, permission to, to, yeah, yeah. to be, yes, and permission to monitor. And also that stuff that's on there is the government's property. When you do work on there, that's the government's property. It's not yours. So the, immediately when she put that on her own server, she was stealing government property. I don't even care. If, even before you get to security right. level, no, you're right. it's yeah. already dishonest. She's she's theft. It's uh, rock. I must now break, and I do so with one suggestion, which is a little bit off topic, and that is in thanking yeah. you as ever for your contribution. The next date you're on, when they ask you what you do. Don't say systems evaluation administrator. Bring a fake cast and put it on your leg and say, oh, that? I just broke that skiing off-piste in Switzerland. (laughs) Sounds good, my friend. (laughs) Call back soon. I'm going to write to you tonight. Um, So stay tuned after the show. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show. Best and brightest, 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. Joel is also Abby Normal on Twitter, one of the finest, one of the finest tweets uh, I have the privilege to share the space with. Joel, welcome. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. Hey, man, I'm telling you, what a you know what, Abby Normal reporting for duty in the Civic Circus Maximus. Um, look it, you you said uh, something, st- and stand it's been, easy, stand man. easy, Abby. <laughs> oh, look, and and this is what I was thinking the minute you said it. Was, Bernie wants something, and I'm telling you what he wants. He wants the vice presidency. And think about, and it would you make know perfect what? sense. It it would, and, would you, and you know what, you it's game over. It's game if, over if, if that happens. Uh, I agree, but it won't. But do you also agree that it won't happen? Um, you know what? In this in this cycle, no, I don't. 
It's the, this okay. is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you know, I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I have been a Ted Cruz guy all the way Amen. through this. You know what? Would, yep. would I vote for the Bulgarian over over Hillary Clinton? Absolutely. But uh, the thing about the, both of these two candidates is they're both ruthless. And ruthless is ruthless. And think about this. They, they if, are without Ruth. Yeah. And if you took and you put Joe Biden in there as as uh, the vice president, what's he do? He's going to preside over the Senate. He just gets to go sit up front with the big boys. He doesn't change. Yeah. Nothing changes for this guy. Well, well first of all, you let's go I mean? back to your original proposition. I yeah. want to say that, uh, as I've said, I don't see it happening. I don't see, and again, I think this is absolutely Shakespearean. Here is a character that has wanted. I mean, if this isn't Hamlet or um, others, if, if this is not Shakespearean, nothing is, Abby. Here is a woman who has, with singularity, with un, yeah, Lady not only uncommon, unprecedented, <laughs> with psychopathic, uh, you know, with clinical devotion to a singular goal in her life which is to wield power in general and become POTUS in particular, that after playing all of the angles like a professional schnooker player her entire life, now doesn't see this angle or is blinded to it or sees it and just won't do it. And the one thing that will finally deliver to her, the one thing to which she has devoted all of her life, which has been largely humiliating by virtue of the the man engine that she, this, the world's largest buttocks caboose, decided to attach herself to the particular man engine uh, on the choo-choo known as Bill Clinton. Her life has known pain and humiliation. She has swallowed it all because she wants to be president. And here it is. Here it is on a platter for her. All she has to do yeah. is name Bernie vice president, and I don't think she'll do it. However, out of respect to well, your opinion, I want to say I've never been less sure of my instincts than I am at this moment. Because well, and that's, maybe, you know what? That's why, cause may, that's maybe why what I, I believe about her is the right instinct. You know, maybe it right. is that she... Maybe she does recognize this is the way to do it, and she's willing to take that one last blow, <clears throat> pardon the expression, and do this <laughs> yeah. in order to get what she wants. Right. And that's kind of what I wanted to get into, too, because this is why I listen to your show. You have a lot of instinct, and I get it. I get it. I, my instincts are pretty good, too, and I trust them. And what I'm They thinking, are. Look, hey, I read is, your stuff every day. They are. Yeah. With both of these people, this is it. Okay, if Hillary does not get the presidency this time, she's done. Bernie doesn't get in this time, she's done. It's a win-win for them to to, to team up because it's going to drag all these young kids with them. Every because that's what they need. They need these millennials who don't really care for Hillary Clinton. They don't. You know, I mean, I've talked. And they to don't know anything. They, they don't know any better. But the point is, is that they're all Bernie supporters. So if right. you, you know, no, you're right. You know, you no, I agree. I agree. It's closer. over. I agree. It's over. Yeah. If if he is VP, what I cannot bring yeah. myself to agree, at least yet, is that she would do it. 
Yeah, well, you know what? I don't know. But see, again, if she if she's as ruthless as, as I think she is, and she is, she obviously is. Think about it. It's it's a you know what? Who cares? You know, send him off to send him off to Vietnam to to make a cake or something. Who cares? You know, no, what? exactly. Or hide him in the no, exactly. Same thing they I mean, did that's with Biden. that's what no would different. make it. Sh- that would is what would make it. I think that's the essence of what would make it Shakespearean, in my view. Right. Is that? Oh yeah, it is so so obvious, so obvious a play, and one that you don't. If she doesn't, one that you are blinded to for one reason or another, and one that has such an easy answer, which you just gave, and that is: since when can a president not pick? someone he doesn't like and then marginalize him and not worry about him. JFK picked the entire Kennedy family. Not only had no relationship with Lyndon Baines Johnson, they despised him. There was a, there was a 25 year antipathy between Lyndon Johnson, his sect in the Senate and, and personally with Bobby Kennedy and the rest of the Kennedys, they hated Senator Lyndon Baines Johnson. They picked him. They picked him to win, and then they sent him, as you say, then they sent him to uh, Bolivia. Yeah, and that's, you know... All right, Abby, look, I've got to go. I appreciate your contribution. Anyone not with us on Twitter, one of the benefits of Twitter is Abby Normal, who have you, you you have just had the pleasure, along with me, of hearing. And that Twitter uh, address is at J-A-Y underscore... S-E-V-E-R-I-N, at which location you will find Abby Normal. At this location on the radio, find us again in a moment. J7 on the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jay Severin Show. Best and brightest, 1 888 900 Obama is on uh, the Jimmy Fallon show tonight, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, whichever it is. I have no idea. I, I, I've probably seen a total of uh two to five minutes of Jimmy Fallon uh, in my life via video clips on other shows. Uh, I don't think anyone who's ever been on since Johnny Carson, and I know I sound like, uh, and I'm volunteering to sound like an old curmudgeon. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Hey, ugh. I but I, But no one since Johnny Carson, and again, that goes back to you know adolescence, I wish I wish I were older. Wish I'd been older so I could appreciate uh someone like Johnny Carson, a professional. Um I mean it just fits so perfectly. The level of sophistication, the level of humor, the level of IQ required to appreciate the nature of the humor uh that's on these late night shows. Is it any wonder there have been, there's like a new host every, what, you know, year and a half? Well, 
Trump is on Jimmy Fallon tonight, and there are advanced clips of that. It's already been recorded. So they've been promoing it with clips. And uh, what we're told is that Trump is going to go on and make everybody laugh and laugh and laugh by mocking Donald Trump. And one of the things that I'm curious about is why a president of the United States would bother. If I were Obama and I were totally unconcerned with Trump, that is to say, if if my personal assessment of Trump equaled my public assessment of Trump, why would I bother? I mean... Sometimes, you know, and I'm stunned at how infrequently people ask me to comment on other radio talk show hosts. I'm aware that there is a rule within, not a rule, but there's a guideline, an unspoken rule within the business that radio talk show hosts and talent, again, not talented, but what's called in the business, talent. And that's whoever's in front of the microphone or the camera. It's funny, isn't it? We say in front of the camera, but behind the microphone. But in any case, there's an unwritten rule, a professional code, if you will, that that, uh, radio talk show hosts I've found in in my 20-plus years in the business do not criticize each other. They generally don't boast, you know, or boost each other, but neither do they criticize each other and are generally and openly resistant to making critical remark about another radio talk show host. Have you found that? I mean, do you, I do you, I but maybe this is the first time you have ever thought about it because you it's again, it's it's not you don't have to worry about it. It's not your business. To worry about when you wake up in the morning, it doesn't feed your family, no reason for you to have thought about it. But I'm actually surprised after 20 years how infrequently I have been asked uh, to comment on, I don't know about other radio talk show hosts. There are only a few I have ever listened to. Well, that's not, that, that, you know what, let me withdraw and rephrase. I have listened to if there's a radio talk show host you could name, unless it is someone who is local, then they may have started locally, you know, and then gotten syndicated. But anybody who is syndicated, I have listened to. I've listened to them enough to know their style, uh, to know their substance, because it's my business. That does feed my family or not in the morning. So it is my business. Uh, but by and large, the hosts are not asked to comment on other hosts. And I think that some hosts would love to. But the funny thing is, and this is what it reminds me of, the reason you've never heard Rush Limbaugh, who is, uh, I'm very proud to say, a friend of mine and has been a friend of mine for 20 years. Um, the reason that you never hear, you've never heard Rush criticize another radio talk show host is why? Is why? Is why? Why should he? 
Why should Rush even acknowledge the existence of other talk show hosts? I mean, in effect, in effect, he's right. I mean, compared to Rush, there are no other radio talk show hosts, period. So, uh, but why would Rush ever, what's in it for him? What's in it for Obama tonight to go on television and mock Donald Trump? If he really believes that Donald Trump is an idiot, why bother? The problem is, not the problem, the interesting thing here is Obama doesn't believe that. Obama, as with so much other with Obama, believes the opposite of what he's telling you. If Obama believed that Trump was a harmless moron, Obama would not lower himself or waste or literally, literally waste time talking about someone whom he regarded genuinely as a harmless moron. He just would say something like, well, the Republicans have chosen their candidate and it's going to be a tough campaign and we're going to put our ideas out there and they're going to put their ideas out there and we think our ideas are better and... We think the American people, having considered both, will choose ours. Or something to that effect. But no, Obama has to, first of all, go on The Tonight Show. What the F is the President of the United States doing on a late-night comedy show? I'll tell you what he's doing. He is doing more than anyone has ever done to demean and degrade the office of President of the United States. It has never been, that office has never been more a carnival act than it is now. And with every appearance on a comedy show of a President of the United States, it will further diminish that office the respect for it, and you know why it does matter to us? Because when Barack Obama sits down with Putin, Putin either says to him, and Putin probably does, but Putin either says to him or is thinking in the little bubble over his head, hey, nice Tonight Show performance, Ski. It demeans the person, it demeans the office, It demeans us as a country to demean the presidency of the United States. But if you are a political whore, and Obama is a political whore, and Hillary Clinton is a political whore, and to the degree that you are forced to be, that's the other thing they do. They force everyone else to be political whores because if that's what you need to do to garner publicity, then if the President of the United States is willing to bend over and go on The Tonight Show, then that means it's beneath nobody. Right? Right? So if the President does it, everyone's expected to do it, and everybody does. That's not to excuse everybody else. It's merely to say it's the whoring of the office, and it's wrong, and it's heartbreaking. But 
my chief point here is, is Obama whistling past the graveyard, as they used to say? And I, it, it was a common expression in my boyhood. It, it isn't now, I'm sure, but it's self-explanatory. You know, whistling past the graveyard. You're trying to convince yourself that I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. And you're whistling past the graveyard, convincing only you and failing at that that you don't believe in ghosts. You're not scared. Is Obama whistling past the graveyard when he goes on The Tonight Show and mocks in personal derogatory terms, goes low market, goes goes low, low market, and personally mocks Donald Trump? Does, does that indicate to you that Barack Obama really believes of Donald Trump the things he is saying on The Tonight Show? Or does it indicate to you, as I'm sure it does, because it indicates to people of higher intelligence that the fact that Barack Obama is going on The Tonight Show and personally mocking a political foe means to me that Obama is not utterly unconcerned not utterly unconcerned with Donald Trump, tells me he's concerned. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest. Phone number 1 888 3393. 1 888 3393. On the phone from Seattle, and I believe for the first time, Carla, welcome. Yeah, hi. Uh, good afternoon. Um, my thoughts on uh, the Bernie going to the White House thing is that. It's just, it's just for looks with Obama. I just, I think he's crazy. I'm sorry, slow. I'm sorry, Carla. Back that up. Slow yeah, it down. Yeah. It's for, it's for why. It's for looks, and right. that'll come into but, play but to later. Benefit and whom? he does. Well, it what? But to benefit whom? Um, basically Obama, because he, uh, Bernie's got a lot of fanatics that are following him, and he may need his Bernie's people later. Right. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I really think that um, Obama has put a lot of things into place where he was going to have a, a legacy, and it's not looking really good for him. And I think he, I wouldn't put, put it past him to just kind of almost time out Hillary's, uh, oh, what is it? Campaign? With, uh, no, um, her prosecution, her prospective into prosecution. The emails, basically, I'm sorry, the okay. investigation into the emails. Right, right. And right. wait till the end hour. And basically, you'll have Bernie out for now, but you may need his, his people to, for whatever reason, later. But he could wait till the very last minute and, you know, take, take Trump out um, 
Well, basically, if he waits till the very last minute, and uh... well, of course, it's two separate matters, isn't it, Carla? He can yeah. he could try to take Trump out, um, which yeah. he's going to try to do uh, by yeah. campaigning for Hillary, which he announced today. He endorsed her and announced he's going to campaign actively for her, more actively than any sitting president has for a vice president ever. That they announced right. that today, <clears throat> which is separate but related to what he can do it, with everything else, including at the end, uh, I think, not only determine whether Hillary is is indicted, but also yeah. even in the worst world possible scenario for Hillary, Obama pardons her. Well, yeah, she's got a probably dirt on him and he's got dirt on her, so... Bottom line is, I think he could wait till the nth hour and and then sick his um, his people on. <laughs> Careful on now, her it's a family show. Her. Yes. Oh right. yeah, no sick. Yeah, and and <laughs> indict her, and then you know he could possibly clear the path, and maybe even you know if there's writing from Bernie's and everybody else's uh, citizens. Or, uh, sure. No, you're right. You're he, Carly. You're right. Could, and thank he, you he uh, could, for, for yeah, the call. Just, call back soon. I'm sorry. I've got to jump. It's the, the getting to the end of the segment here. I just want to say Carla is very right. I mean, yes, of course, the, the uh, Bernie's people are going to be needed by the Democrats. But it's also true, as Guru Jay many months ago predicted, Obama's chief life cause and activity after leaving office. I'll talk more about this tomorrow. Obama's chief cause in life, the minute he leaves office, will be essentially pretend he still is in office forever. It's to sponge off Washington and to live in the limelight. That's what I really mean. I don't mean sponge off as in live, but I mean that too. He's going to take millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to sit on boards and consultants fees and all of that. But the reason he's going to do that far beyond what he needs to live is is in order to continue to exist as a political personality from day to day so that he can attack all persons and things conservative by way of protecting his legacy. You see, Obama's a true believer. And beyond his presidency, he will, until the day he dies, I am convinced, stay in Washington to make sure that the laws he passed don't change, to make sure that anything constitutional is overridden by fellow traitors. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.